brand new episode of Tea with Janae. I'm your host, Janae Kirshner of Janae Kirshner Photography, and I'm so excited you guys are here. Tea with Janae is where we give real advice, tangible tips, and thoughtful insight about what it's really like to be a wedding photographer. So today, I'm super excited because we're chatting with Christy Osborne, and we're talking all about how to measure what matters most, Google Analytics for the busy wedding photographer. And you guys, it's way easier than you think it is. She has so many great tips and resources inside of this episode. I know you guys are going to love it. So a little bit about Christy is that she's the owner of Mountainside Media, which is a company that helps event industry professionals and brands develop scalable marketing strategies that bring in more inquiries and leads. And you guys, she totally knows her stuff, and I'm so excited she's here. So Christy's also a national educator with recent speaking engagements such as NACE, Experience, WIPA, and the ABC Conference. So we had so much fun and I learned so much. I know you guys are really going to love the show and I want to say thank you to Christy for being here and it's really good. So a few things before we begin. I wanted to let you guys know that Tea with Janae has a shop. We've officially launched an online resource store for wedding photographers and our first product, our e-guide, is here. It's called the Marketing Jumpstart Guide for Wedding Photographers. 10 Ways to Market Your Wedding Photography Business. So inside of this guide, I share 10 ways to market your business that I do myself every single month and every single quarter. So it's all tips and tricks and resources that I personally use, and it's a great starting place for photographers who are just starting out, who have been in the business a couple of years and need some guidance. And it's something that I wish I had when I first started because I didn't know what to do. I just kind of had to fumble around and figure it out. And now it's all in one easy guide for you. So you guys can visit www.twijanae.com shop and grab a copy and find out some more. Oh, and there are a couple freebies on there too. So you guys want to visit that. Also, we are almost at our goal of 20 reviews in 2020. Thank you guys so much. We're a little shy. If you can go on Apple Podcasts, swipe up after this episode and leave us your glowing five-star review, we would really appreciate it. So don't forget to do that after today's show. Also, don't forget to visit us at www.twitchandae.com to read our latest blog posts, join our newsletter, and our super fun Facebook group. I hope to see you guys in there. All right, so let's grab a cup of tea and enjoy the show. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm so excited you guys are here. We have a wonderful guest today. Christy, can you say hi to everyone? Hi, everyone. Thanks for being here. We're so excited to have you. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah. So let's uh, get started and let's tell everybody a little bit about you, your company, and how you got started. Yeah, sure. So I'm Christy Osborne. I'm the owner of Mountainside Media, and I specialize in content strategies that are based on data and analytics. 
So instead of guessing at what you should be talking about or who your ideal client is, I actually validate all of that with data and research. Oh, I love that. I love hard facts. Me too. <laughs> I love that. So I always use my Instagram insights um, all the time. Oh, good. What do you find? Oh, I can see what my uh, audience likes and what they don't like. And then I can just make more stuff of uh, content, what they do like. So I think, it's, yeah, it's very helpful to know what's going on. Yeah. You know, that's really all it takes. That yeah. process is really the, the end. Podcast over. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Wait, so how did you, how, are you like a numbers nerd? Like, how did you get into that? Yeah, yeah. So I've always had a head for numbers ever since I was a little girl. I really liked math. Um, I did not major in math in college because I wanted to be challenged. Um, I've been a researcher ever since I was a little girl. And uh, my first foray into primary research was in a local library in New England, uh, looking at parcel plats to map out a history of my house, my new house that my family moved into. And so when I got to college, there was a lot of writing and research involved in history. And I didn't feel like I was the best writer or maybe I was okay, but I was intimidated by it. So I chose history for the challenge. Um, but I did you know, get a perfect score in, in statistics when I took stats as a college freshman, as we had to take math courses and loved it and started getting into uh, in, involving, um, you know, qualitative and quantitative research in my, my history research. So I got a master's degree in history and did a lot of like economic history and analyzed postcards and, and coded them for uh, qualitative research. And so I've always been really interested in making numbers out of, you know, squishy, touchy feely things. So when the economy tanked in 2008, and I no longer had a job as a history professor, I uh, got into marketing like everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, you know, long story short, I ended up marketing for uh, Mammoth Lakes Tourism in my hometown of Mammoth Lakes, California. And uh, our budget when I started was $2 million all in. I had a, about a half a million dollar direct marketing spend budget to play with. And then uh, as I was there, we ended up passing what's called the T-bid. We got a $7 million budget. I started helping to manage a $1.2 million annual direct marketing spend. And that was all public funds. So if you ever want to be pressed to measure the effectiveness and ROI of everything you do, spend a million dollars of public money. And that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's how I started getting a real, um, I started diving really deeply into things like Google Analytics and Social Media Insights, how to calculate ROI, the difference between ROI and ROAS, which is return on ad spend and why that difference is important and things like that. So here I am. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm excited for to meet you and talk to you. And I'm really excited for this episode because I, you know, like I use all these things, but I, I use them on a surface level. So I would, I'm definitely excited to hear like, you talk a little bit more about it. So let's tell everybody what we're talking about. So we're going to be talking about Google Analytics and why they're important. So can you explain to our listeners what is Google Analytics? Yeah, so Google, the search engine, of course, um, every single, let me just back up, every single platform that we use 
um, the more data they can gather about you, the better they can create their systems and perfect their products and things like that. So Google is in the business of search. And in order to deliver really great search results, they need some information about you and your web visitors. So they have a lot of information about searching, keywords, things like that. But they also want to kind of see like what's happening on websites when people leave the search platform and jump onto your website and kind of look around. And so what they did was they offered, I don't know, like 20 years ago, they offered a product for free called Google Analytics. And it's just a little piece of uh, JavaScript, a little piece of website code that you install in your website. It doesn't matter what website you have. It doesn't matter if it's WordPress, Squarespace, Wix, something custom built. You install it in the header of your website. All websites have headers or somebody does it for you. And um, basically it allows you to see where people are coming from and some basic actions that they might be taking on your website. This is good for you because you can do things like optimize your website for more inquiries or um, optimize your website for, you know, more page views or whatever it is. And it's good for Google because they're receiving all of this data and they can make their search results better. Um, I don't want to get into a big SEO conversation, but, you know, SEO is, you know, has SEO indicators and signals are very much wrapped up now in um, how people are using your site. So if people come to your site and they're like, oh, this is garbage and they leave immediately. Uh, Google will factor that into how you're ranked in the future, right? So Google yeah. has Google's given you this really powerful product for free, um, but make no mistake, they're using it to make their product better as well. Yeah, yeah. So why, so why should wedding photographers use Google Analytics? Yeah, so... Wedding photographers, for the most part, at some point, people need some information about you that's well-organized and well-contained, and that is not Instagram. <laughs> right, yeah. I hear so many photographers saying, well, I get all my inquiries on Instagram now, and that may or may not be true, but what Google Analytics can tell you is how are people using your website? Are they going, are they going to your website to find out things like, what is it like to work with you and what kind of services that you offer, right? So Instagram is very powerful for photographers because it's basically a gallery of your work. Mm -hmm. And if you're using stories, it's like a quirky little about section. But they probably need to know more information than just your quirk and your uh, your portfolio. And that's where your website comes in. You know, people want to know, uh, things like what, 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 what are your services? How much do your services cost? What is it like to work with you? Um, how do they do business with you? Right. And so your website sort of contains all of that information in a really easy to organize way. And what you can do with Google analytics vis-a-vis -vis your website is you can see certain things like you think you're getting all of your inquiries from Instagram. Are you really, are are they only using Instagram to DM you or are they actually going to your website and checking you out as well? You can do that by creating a track, trackable link from your bio. You can also do that by installing Google Analytics and looking at how much traffic volume you're getting, what kind of pages they're looking at, how much time they're spending on core pages. If they're spending time on pages that are sort of 
you know, down funnel booking decision time pages, or are they just like getting inspiration on your gallery or your blog? So you can start to get a sense of how people are consuming and using content. And you can start to get a sense of where they are in that booking process. Um, and then you can start optimizing around inquiries and booking. Yeah, no, it's awesome. I, I probably, listeners are probably like heavy breathing right now. Like, oh my God, I can't do this. <laughs> this is a law for me. But it's, it's fairly easy to set up. And then once you kind of go in, you'll like, you know, you'll figure things out or you can do a lot of YouTubes and stuff like that. But we'll get into that. So it, you mentioned it before, but is setting up your Google Analytics hard? I mean, I feel, I feel like that's, that's like asking somebody if math is hard. It's hard for some people. <laughs> it's not hard for yeah. others. Um, it just really depends on how intimidated you feel or you get, um, you know, installing code right onto your website. So what I would say, and this is what, what I typically do, I'm not good at everything, um, uh, is I will go out and do some research. I'll watch some YouTube videos, maybe read some blog posts from my favorite folks. And look, I mean, Google Analytics has like 70 six reports out of the box. And then sometimes I'll get a client that they need something really specific that in all the classes I've taken, all the YouTube videos I've watched, I'm like, how, how am I going to do this? So I'll just watch a few YouTube videos, look at a few blogs and, you know, if I can't figure it out, I just hire somebody. Yeah. I was going to say that I would, I have Squarespace and it's super easy. So easy. They have a, yeah. They have a um, great help uh section on squarespace if you guys are listening and they are on squarespace and it's it's literally you get the code you put it in this box and it's done so if you have squarespace it's super easy and i'm sure it's easy with wordpress and stuff like that but yeah i think a quick google search on how to do it yeah it's <laughs> it's a, it's a little trickier on wordpress super easy on wix super easy on squarespace a little bit oh, trickier okay. on, oh, that's good to know. on wordpress because you have to install plugins and stuff like that but you know, do the best you can. And then there's always somebody you can hire to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can do that for sure. Okay. So now we're set up. We've got it installed, you know, and it's running, it's working. Now what, what do we do? Okay. So here's the deal. I'm going to step away from the geekery a little bit. And I mentioned that my first research project was when I was a little girl and I was researching my house. And I want to just talk about that as a metaphor for how to understand approaching analytics and data and things like that. <clears throat> so long and short of it, I was eight years old. My mom had three kids. We moved into our first house together. I'm the oldest of three. And it's this really old, funky farmhouse in New England. It's right behind a Catholic church. It's adjacent to a horse farm. And I go down into the basement and the basement is so weird. It's like rocks and boulders and some brick. It's just weird, a dirt floor. And I'm tall. I've always been tall, but I'm still eight, right? Like I'm not that tall at eight and I have to stoop to get in there. So it's like not quite a crawl space, but it's not quite full cellar. I'm like, what is going on with this? So I go upstairs and ask my mom who's unpacking and has like three little red rug rats just running around screaming. And I'm like, Hey, how come the basement looks like that? And my mom was young when she had me. This was the 80s. And she was like, I don't know. Go, take the bus to the library in town and go ask them, which, <laughs> which was her answer, right? Because this is not today where, like, you get arrested for child abuse. She's just like, take public <laughs> goodbye. That's funny. So I go into the library. 
and um, I tell them what's going on. I was like, we just moved into this house. It's on Fairview Street. It's got this funky basement. We're behind a Catholic church. There's a horse farm next to us. Like, why does the basement look like that? And the librarian's like, well, I don't know. Let's go down into the town archives and look. And so we're, she's looking at parcel, parcel plats and we're trying to figure out like, um, you know, we have some questions. Why, why does the basement look like that? Where is the house part of the Catholic church? Is the house part of the horse farm? You know, things like that. So um, we're looking at these plats and we see that the Catholic church disappears. So the house isn't part of the class. Uh, Catholic church. And um, we see that the street Fairview street is, was once called breed street. So the house is probably more important to the horse farm than it is um, to anything else. It's, and then the house was built in uh, 1853, right before the civil war, when um, horses were a core part of transportation. And, you know, the, the seller looks like that likely because those were the materials at hand. <laughs> it's a very small rural area in the Berkshires. And in, before in the antebellum period, that was considered the hinterland. So I got all of that, not by just randomly finding my way to the library and asking the librarian if I could look at some maps and see what shakes out. I got to that by looking at a specific data set that, that I thought, not me, but the librarian thought that could help me answer a specific set of questions. Mm-hmm. So all of that is to say is the number one mistake that any kind of wedding vendor or photographer or anybody or any analyst, beginner analyst makes is they go into something like Google Analytics with its you know 76 reports out of the box and they start looking around and they see some things in red and they see some things in green and the, the greens are more than the reds and they pat themselves on the back and they leave. And they have absolutely no insights about their business because they didn't ask Google Analytics any questions. Mm-hmm. They didn't go to Google Analytics and say, is my website converting traffic into inquiries? That's a really good question to ask. Right. And as soon as you ask that question, is my website converting traffic into inquiries and you start looking around, you'll find that you need to set up a couple of extra things to to find that. But even if you have nothing set up, you can look and you can say Google Analytics like it's the Oracle, right? Google Analytics (laughs) is my website converting traffic into inquiries. And you might find that your inquiry page is like the third most trafficked web, uh, web page on your website. And you can say, maybe it is. Or you can see that you have a really powerful blog and all of your blog posts are in your top 10 or top 20 most um, viewed pages. And you can say, wow, the traffic that's coming to my website isn't showing booking signals. How do I change that? But you have to ask a question of Google Analytics before you can get um, an actionable answer for your business. So what are maybe like three questions we should ask Google when we hop in? Yeah, good. Is my traffic qualified? (laughs) Number one. (laughs) So with Google Analytics, you know, a lot of us will look at sessions, monthly sessions and um, monthly users. And we'll be like, oh, wow, you know, I'm getting, you know, 1,200, 1,500 sessions a month, which is good. I've looked at a lot of analytics for a lot of wedding professionals and 
the most successful ones are getting between 900 and 2,500 sessions a month. So if you're a small local business, you know, in the event space and you're getting that, you're, you're, you're in there, you're in the average, but there's this report in Google analytics. Um, you have to turn it on. It's called interests and demo or demographics and interests. You just have to check a little box that say, it says that you agree to Google's terms and services and you check that and it will show you some things. It will show you the age and gender of your visitors, and it will show you kind of the general categories of other websites that they're looking at. So I have found in the wedding and event industry, if you're skewing high toward um, females in between 25 and 34 years old within, and you can also turn on a ge geography report. So within your market, so New York City or Dallas, or if you're in Breckenridge, Colorado, it might be a place in Texas. But if they are a certain age, a certain gender from a certain location, you know those numbers, um, then your traffic is qualified. So that's like the very first thing you need to look at. You don't need to look at it month over month unless you see other problems. But just going in there today and making sure your traffic is qualified is great. Mm -hmm. So the second thing that you want to look at in Google Analytics is um, you want to ask Google Analytics, are the people who are coming to my site showing strong booking signals? When they're coming to your site, they need to know some things, which is what we talked about. They need to know what it's like to work with you. They need to know how much your services are. They need to know how to do business with you. And so in general, you should have your, especially if you're running a blog, but in general, your highest trafficked pages should be your inquiry page, your services page, and your about page. And ideally, your services and inquiry pages should be higher than your about page. And if you're not finding that, you can start fooling around with um, with uh, changing your landing pages, changing those pages so that you're creating calls to action that guide them gracefully through your website. Yeah, I like that. And I also like, um, I don't think a lot of wedding photographers have a services page, which is, I always recommend to my um, uh, coaching clients. I'm like, you need to put this on here so people actually know what you yeah. do and what you provide. Because I think it's just like, you know, I'm an artist, I'm creative, I'm terrible at math, I'm kind of good at like, I love analytics, and I love the numbers of that. But like, for myself, I could never charge anybody for that. But I feel like people, if people don't know where you work, they don't know who you serve, and like, what services you provide, you're, you're what? missing out. So I feel like it's really good to hear that you say you need a services page, because Google needs to know what you do. And people want to find out. That right, 100%. Well. 100%. The other thing about data and analytics and, and, and math um, that I just want to kind of like shift people's perspective on what we're actually talking about. So um, yeah. math and analytics and data, they're, they're just descriptive languages, right? So math describes things. Um, it could describe objects. It could describe trends. It could describe a lot of things. Now, you don't actually need to know math to... Um, understand Google Analytics, but Google Analytics describes human behavior on your website. That's it. And so if you kind of yeah. shift out of like the nerdery <laughs> and the geekery <laughs> and, and you just look at Google Analytics and, and you ask yourself, what 
what can what can this tell me about my web visitors and what their intent is? What can this tell me about whether or not they're lost, right? Like I had a, here's another, here's another thing. I get a lot of uh, wedding professionals that I'll see them on like Facebook groups and stuff like that, patting themselves on the back for a low bounce rate. And I just want to say that if your bounce rate is like, under 10%, there's probably an issue with install because that's just by the, by the law of large numbers, that's almost impossible to do. So I remember when I was running Mountainside Bride, I was like, I have a 3% bounce rate. And then I started doing more, getting more into Google Analytics for my job. And I realized that that often is a signal that you've double installed Google Analytics. So in WordPress, mm -hmm. oftentimes, because it's plug-in driven, you'll have a Google Analytics thing, and then you'll install Jetpack, and it will tell you to install Google Analytics, and you'll install it again. And now you're getting double everything. You're tracking everything twice. And so that can bring your I bounce see. rate down. And another thing that um, low bounce rate can um, show is uh, um, people are lost on your website. So I was running uh, visitmammoth.com. And my bounce rate was low. It was like 21% or something like that. Not low enough to think I had a double install, but low enough. And um, I just asked Google Analytics, like, why is my bounce rate so low? Oftentimes when you ask analytics a question, you start slicing and dicing the data. So you're not looking at one piece of data bounce rate. You are looking at other pieces of data as well. And so when you're looking at reports in Google Analytics, um, you will see above the actual table, a little pull down menu that says secondary dimension. And you can start um, looking, comparing things, right? So I ended up looking at bounce rate and uh, t you know, time on t time spent on each page. And what I noticed is I had a really low bounce rate for the website, but the time that people were spending on each page was not very long. And what that told mm -hmm. me is, you know, for example, what I imagine the human human behavior to be is I want to know about camping in Mammoth Lakes, California, because we, you know, we're near a national park and it's outdoor recreation and stuff like that. And if I end up looking at 12 pages and each page I land on, I, I look at the page for like less than a second. It means that when I'm hitting that page, I'm not finding the information I'm looking for. So I'm looking for another page, looking for another page. And so we think that a low bounce rate is always good. But if we start slicing and dicing the data a little bit and asking, instead of making an assumption, I have a small or a low bounce rate, that's great asking why do I have a low bounce rate and what, what, is, what kind of behavior, human behavior does that indicate? Then we can start to tell that story, just like I told the story in my house based on the question set and find answers like, oh my gosh, I need to redesign my website because people are lost on it, which we did. Right. And, and Right. And just for a quick reference for people who don't know what a bounce rate is, can you just explain Yeah, a that bounce really quick? rate for Google means that um, they're, they're visiting a page and they're backing out. So if they're on a home page, it means that they visit only one page and they leave. Um, if they're on, you know, internal pages in their website, they're like hitting it and leaving, hitting it and leaving, hitting it and leaving. Got it. Okay. So, okay. And then your third tip, what do you think? So I talked about demographics. I talked about, oh, 
third tip is where's your traffic coming from? <laughs> so mm-hmm. third tip is um, what's driving the most traffic and then how are they engaging on your website based on that channel? And this is, I love to talk a little bit about setting up goals because goals is sort of an important way to understand what drives qualified traffic. Oh yeah. That was going to be but, my next but question. The very, <laughs> at the very basic sense, you can look at referral traffic and Google has some default channels, including social direct, which is like a black hole of nothingness. You just don't know. Um, people think that direct is they know my brand and they're typing in my URL. It could be that they have you bookmarked and they're going directly to your site. It also could be that somebody forward that forwarded them something um, on an email or a text or Direct actually means Google doesn't know. Google's like, mm, they should right. name it. Mm. <laughs> I should start renaming all my clients direct as black hole of nothingness. Mm. But oh, there's social email uh, referral, which means other websites are referring you. If you're running ads and you're tagging your campaigns properly, there's PPC. Um, so you can look and see where a lot of your traffic is coming from. So it, a lot of traffic could be coming from Pinterest. A lot of traffic could be coming from, you know, your uh, link in bio Instagram. A lot of traffic could be coming from the knot or wedding wire. And on the surface, um, it seems like the places that you get, are getting a lot of traffic from are the places that you should put more time and attention and maybe even marketing money. But you're going to want to look at some secondary dimensions first, right? So I see this a lot with Pinterest. People just lose their minds with how much traffic Pinterest can generate. But at the end of the day, you're not a wedding blogger. So traffic is not your end game. Inquiries are your end game. So if you can't find a way to convert that traffic into inquiries off the Pinterest platform, you might want to look at a different platform. So here's an example. I was working with um, a wedding vendor who actually had a side business running subscription boxes. And she was just so good at Pinterest. And there was so much traffic coming in from Pinterest. It was just blowing her mind. She's like, I want to advertise on Pinterest. And I was like, all right, well, let's set you up for advertising. So when I, I don't know about anybody else, but when I, put money towards something and pay for advertising, I want to make sure that I'm getting as much of an ROI on that as possible. So I want to make money when I spend money. And to do that, you have to set up goals in Google Analytics. Right. And a goal is basically um, for an inquiry, it's going to be a thank you page. So when people fill out your inquiry, you want to redirect them to a thank you page. Now you can set it up as a form submission tag in Google Tag Manager, but that's a lot of tech for most creatives. <laughs> so basically I'm like, just set up a thank you page. It, that thank you page will also help you with social ads because you can exclude that thank you page, but that's a conversation for a different time. So you're gonna set up a thank you page. <laughs> and basically when they fill out an inquiry form, you're gonna redirect them to that thank you page. And I love thank you pages from a content perspective and from a human perspective, because it can really set the tone for working with you. You can put a video saying, I can't wait to talk. And, you know, here's what to do next. And here's what to expect when we, you know, when we get together on our strategy call or our zoom call or whatever. 
for me, um, I, when you hit my thank you page, there's no video yet, but basically it says, you know, on our strategy call, just bring good questions. I'll record the strategy session so you don't have to take notes if you don't want to. And by the end of the session, you'll have three actionable tips that you can do immediately to like move the needle in your marketing. So it sets the tone and the expectation for the meeting. And it gives them something to think about and anticipate immediately. It also gives you a URL to set up in Google Analytics that tells Google Analytics anytime somebody visits this web page because it's not public, it's not in your navigation, it's I like to name them funky things in the URL so it's not just thank you or whatever and people it's hard to find. Um, you tell Google not to index it in, in Squarespace or website uh, or WordPress or Wix. And wow. the only way that yeah. people can visit that page is if they inquire and, and, and complete your form. And so what you can do is you set up a destination goal. You go to your admin in Google Analytics and all the way over to the right-hand side um, in the view section, you click goals and you set up a goal. You give it a name. You say, you know, thank you page or inquiry, thank you or whatever. You set it up as a destination goal. And now this is really important. You have to say that the URL contains and then you paste it in. And the reason why you say it contains is sometimes, um, you know, email clients in particular do this. Sometimes Facebook does this. They'll append the URL. So they'll tag it. They'll, they'll you know, have your URL. And then there will be like a little question mark after your main URL or an equal sign or something where they're tagging it for their own purposes. And if you... Um, do an exact match in Google goals, uh, it will not track <laughs> that appended URL. Oh. So you want to say it contains, and then you put your URL in, and you set it up as a destination goal. And it tells Google that anytime somebody hits that thank you page, um, it has, it, it, it's an inquiry. It's a goal conversion. They've, your web traffic traffic has converted to an inquiry. So back to my subscription box client, She's like, we got to advertise on Pinterest. And I was like, okay, well, let's, let's set up some goals and take, let's see what we're dealing with. So we set up the goals. Right. And in her Google Analytics, Pinterest was a powerful traffic driver for social. Facebook was next, surprising nobody, because you can get a lot of links from there. And um, Instagram was a very, very, very small amount of traffic, because Instagram's not a traffic driver. But... The conversion rate for Pinterest was zero and the conversion rate for Instagram was 30%. Now, what that tells wow. me is 30% of, you know, three visits is one person converting, but it tells me that there's opportunity there. So numerically, it's not that sexy, but percentage wise, it tells me that there's opportunity. And I said, listen, let's advertise on Instagram and see if we can get lift. If we can maintain this 30% conversion rate and throw a little money at it, we're in business, right? Like that's good. That's good money. Well spent. And so we did and it, it worked. Um, and so my point is, is that when you're looking at things like referral traffic, don't fall into the trap to thinking that just because something is a powerful referrer, that it's actually making you money. Right. I love that. I love that you're so like, it's so specific and it's so helpful and you can actually see, <clears throat> excuse me, what's working and, and 
Yeah, that's amazing. Like Pinterest, I get a lot of traffic from Pinterest too, but I don't get a lot of inquiries from it because I actually ask people where they find me. But from Instagram, I get a lot more too. So it'd be great. Actually, I apologize after we talk is go in and set up my own goals in my Google Analytics and actually right. see what my conversion I would, rates are. I would also say, so awesome. curiosity is the analyst's best friend. So that triggered my curiosity. I tend to not bother with asking people how they found me. I had an experience when I was a wedding blogger where I'd say, how did you find me? And they'd be like, wedding wired. And I'm like, well, blogs can't be listed on wedding wire. So I know you didn't find me there. Um, <laughs> but, 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 but I'm, I'm curious. And, and I think a good analyst is open to anything and lets curiosity drive them and tries to assemble facts. So what I would say to you is set up your goals Continue to ask people how they found you. And also just remember that people are going to get like eight different touch points or 12 or 14. They're going to, you know, see if, if you're good at what you're doing as a marketer, they're going to see you in a variety of different places and they might not remember like where they saw you or the whole collection of touch points or even they might misremember uh, what's called last touch attribution, which is the last place they saw you. They certainly aren't going to remember first touch attribution, which is the first place they saw you. And that kind of attribution modeling is right. a, a conversation for a different time. And I'm just getting into that myself. So we're <laughs> going to just set that aside. But the point is, is you can ask them, how did you find me? And then you can look at your social media metrics and your Google analytics and ask, um, are, is that data corroborating what you're getting from your clients or is there incongru incongruity? And if there's incongruity, you can start asking why. And, and, and I don't know the answer yeah. for that kind of incongruity, but just starting with some questions and continuing to be curious and open to a number of different data points and facts um, can turn you into a pretty good analyst pretty quickly. It's really less about math and data yeah. and more about curiosity and openness. Yeah, an inquisitive mind. If you want to find out exactly, you, can, you have the power to do it. And, and Google and Analytics, Google is, Analytics free. is free. You know? All of it's free. Even the most yeah, complicated, just, complex reports and things like that are, are 100% free. Yeah, which is incredible. So since that's free, are, can you recommend any... Um, resources or guides, or I don't know if you have a guide um, that our listeners could, could sort of dive into and get a little bit more knowledge. Yeah. So thanks, thanks for saying that. I do have a Google analytics guide specifically for wedding and events pros. I follow a lot of data wonks and Google analytics people. And I've, but I've also worked in the wedding industry for 10 years, first as a blogger and then as a consultant. Um, and there are certain things that we just, have to pay attention to like certain demographics. And then there are other things that we just don't need like e-commerce stuff. So it's easy to go out onto, you know, Google analytics sites and get really overwhelmed with all of the information that just doesn't apply to us. So I have just an easy five-step guide. Um, it links to YouTube tutorials for setting up uh, Google Analytics on WordPress, setting it up on Squarespace, setting up goals. Like I have tutorials for all of that. And it's specifically for the wedding industry. That's incredible. They can just can go to mountainsidemedia.com and click on the button above the fold on the homepage that says, get your Google Analytics guide. And that will guide you through. Huh. 
I love it. Oh, that's so awesome. And I'll put a link to your website and everything in the show notes so people can just go there and get the guide. But let's tell everybody how they can say hi, find out more about you online. Yeah, so I'm at Mountainside Media Co. And Mountain is abbreviated. So it's MTN, Side Media Co., uh, across platforms for my business. You can also find me on Cosborne Loves across platforms. So um, on my personal Facebook page, I do a lot of Facebook lives when it snows in the mountains. So you can get that like fresh mountain vibe. I have one up from yesterday or the day oh, before nice. or whatever. Um, and I'm also on uh, Cosborne Loves at Instagram for personal. I love that. And are you taking on new clients? I am. I, of course. <laughs> yeah, okay. always. Oh, great. Yeah, I'm sure because usually people will listen to, to the, an episode and they'll want to find out more and work with our guests. And uh, yeah, that's great to hear. So good. So you guys can work with Christy and you can uh, yes. <laughs> just Also, I out. wanted to just give a shout out. If you want to get into like eyeballs deep into nerdery, there's a couple of uh, analysts and Google Analytics folks that I follow, um, including uh, Analytics. She has really good guides for like uh, campaign tagging if you want to start getting into like granularly figuring out like what content drives traffic and inquiries. Um, I have taken a lot of courses from uh, Jeff Sauer from Data Driven. Um, so I follow his blog. Effin Amazing has a really good blog. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't apply to uh, wedding pros in particular, um, but every now and again, they have some really good uh, data-based and Google Analytics-based uh, blogs. They're really into numbers. And I find that just following those people who are um, in the larger world of e-commerce and enterprise-level stuff, um, just following those people and seeing how they think about things how they think through larger scale problems helps my brain think a little bit better too. Yeah. I love that. Well, this has been amazing. Thanks Thank for you having so me. much for being here. Yeah. We hope to have you on soon. Thank you. Hi friends. I'm super excited to talk to you about my favorite new email marketing Flowdesk. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but I like things to be easy, pretty, um, super friendly, and this platform is exactly what I needed to take my email marketing to the next level. So I joined a few months ago, and if you're on my email list, I hope you are, that's what you've been receiving over the last few months. They are beautiful templates, so easy to create, and the open rates are incredible. So I wanted to let you guys know about Flowdesk because I, if you sign up using my link, you can get in on their beta deal right now. And that deal is $19 a month forever, no matter how big your list gets, which is incredible because other service providers charge you for the amount of users that you have subscribed. So you guys got to check out Flowdesk. There's a link in the show notes and I know you're going to love it. So enjoy and happy email marketing. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. 
With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Well, that's it, you guys. Thanks so much for being here and listening to today's show. I hope you liked today's episode. I want to give a huge shout out and a big thank you to our guests. Thank you so much for being here and sharing all of your tips and tricks and invaluable advice. We love you guys. Be sure to check out all their links and information in the show notes. You can find out more about them and their services and give them a shout out online and on Instagram. If you're listening, take a screenshot, share it with your, um, in your Instagram stories, tag at Janae Kirshner and I'll share it in mine. Can't wait to hear from you guys soon and share our next cup of tea together. Bye. Thank you.